I'm Jamie. And I'm Nikisha, and this is Talking Horror with Jamie. And Nikisha. Where we share our love for spooky things and talk horror through the lens of human behavior. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Oh, today is a lovely day. A day when I am at my most happiest, according to our recent TikTok video. And that is because we are talking about the 2017 American horror film, Get Out. Rose. I don't know where they are. Rose? Rose! Rose, give me those keys! Rose, give me... Rose, no! No! Jeez! Oh, 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 be careful, bro. What the fuck? I didn't do anything. What the fuck is going on? Where are those keys, Rose? You know I can't give you the keys, right, babe? So good. Okay, so this movie was directed, written, and co-produced by one Jordan Peele in his directorial debut. And this movie stars Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford, Caleb Landry-Jones, Stephen Root, and Katherine Keener. All great phenomenal actors and actresses, which we will be discussing throughout this podcast because if you haven't already noticed, this movie is one of my top, top faves. So obviously there's going to be heavy spoilers. We are going to be talking everything Get Out and Jordan Peele, maybe referencing some of his other works in the midst of talking about this as we get ready for Nope to come out. And Jamie, are there any trigger warnings? Um, surely. Um, I don't know why I said that. I'm so sorry. Uh, (laughs) I'm just already very excited to talk about this movie. Um, yes, there is a lot of violent imagery in this film. There's also a lot of racism in this film, all kinds, all across the spectrum, explicit, implicit. We're going to talk all about it. Um, there is also some like gore surgery scenes. So if, uh, if seeing, you know, brains be kind of open, not for you, you look away. Um, (laughs) uh, there are some guns in this as well. Um, and some, uh, representations of the police as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so if any of that is upsetting, then, this might not be for you, although it's it's just really good if you if you can if you can go watch it. if you can stomach it it's it's worth the watch. So mm-hmm. I will say that I rewatched this with our friend Aaron, and he is not a horror movie person, but he absolutely enjoyed it. So for someone who does not watch horror movies and he loved it, like you should absolutely get into it if you have not seen this. Uh, but I do want to ask. Because I know there's a lot of trailers coming out, and I know that we have this on a TikTok, but Brian, producer Brian, I would love to hear your thoughts about the Orphan First Kill trailer that came out. Oh, my God. 
We've watched a lot of trailers. Hello, everyone. We well, we watched a lot of trailers recently. We watched Smile. We watched uh, Barbarian. Uh, I watched a couple other ones, like oh, like the new Monsters trailer. Um, but the Orphan First Kill trailer. I, I have to be honest. I don't. I I don't remember the first Orphan movie that well. Aside, outside of the twist. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I first of all, Julia Julia Stiles always has evil children. Poor woman. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I'm listen. I'll tell you what. I'm into it because it's streaming on Paramount Plus. That actually makes mm. me more interested in seeing it because I don't have to like. I love going to the movie theater, of course, but like knowing that that movie is coming into my home, like I can watch it. The orphan is not coming into my home, but the movie is coming into my home. Um, yes. Oh my god! That good, makes, good thing you clarified. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I mean, it looks insane. It looks wild. We just recently watched something where the kid wasn't what they seemed. Was it? Was it here? Was it just like casually on my own? It might have been. Uh, it might have been casually. Didn't we watch something where like the kid wasn't what he seemed? Maybe it was in a TV. Show? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I, 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 that um, that was a tangent that didn't need to happen. Uh, I really, <laughs> I'm I'm just excited we have a date for this. It looks well mm-hmm. made. It's going to be silly, but like it looks very well made. I don't know. Like we know the twist, so I'm wondering how. The, the the appeal of the first one is a twist, right? Like in my right. opinion, like that's what we remember from it. It's a fine thriller horror movie, but the twist is great. It's very um, don't look now. Uh, if you know that movie from the seventies, great horror movie. If you've never seen it, like truly great horror movie. Um, but uh, this one, like, is there going to be a twist? Is it just like is the is the fact that we know it's happening and they don't know what's happening? Is that something? Like, I, I'm wondering. Mm. I'm wondering if there is an additional twist that they're going to do that kind of makes the movie doubly silly because like, um, have you, Nikki, I don't remember. Have you seen the boy and Brahms to the boy? I saw the first boy. I have not seen return of okay. the Brahms, but I saw the first, so movie. first boy is great. Yeah. It's a great time. Okay. The second one okay. is it fucking nuts. Mm. But and and but they they add it because you know the twist from the first one, so the second one doesn't have right. that twist. They add a whole nother level to it that undercuts the first movie. I'm hoping that this does not do the same thing. I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't, you yeah. know, gotten down with the boy. Um, with the boy. Yeah, haven't, you know, void. <laughs> Um, have avoid have a bo- have a bo- for those of you who have avoided it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, but I also watched. Uh, you know, it's a great movie that I just watched. Um, mm. Blood Red Sky. Oh, I haven't watched that on Netflix. I watched it on my train ride to, and I was on a train and from from. Uh, oh, for for Broadway Con, I watched yeah, okay. uh, Blood Red Sky. It's on Netflix. It's like this German American movie. Uh, I don't really know much about it other than it was. It looked good. Um, mm. It's spectacular. I wish I didn't know what it was about because I think I would have been more surprised by it, even though I knew what the the, the it was about. Um, yeah, man, it was really good. I would highly suggest it. I'll do a TikTok on it for more detail. But uh, yeah, I dug it. Uh, definitely go see Blood Red Sky. That's my suggestion before we get into Get Out. Okay, fantastical. Well, speaking of, we do need to have a plot summary 
of this wonderful movie. Watch the plot. <laughs> I'm going to suggest Jamie. Why <laughs> me? <laughs> what did I do? I don't know. Got married. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so, sure. <laughs> sure. Yep. That I that That's tracks. It. Yes. <laughs> so Brian is going to get me. All right. Two minutes. You have so two minutes to get it out. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Ready, set, get it out. Okay, so Chris and his girlfriend, Rose, are going to meet Rose's uh, family for the first time. Chris is black, Rose is white. Um, Chris, uh, you know, broaches the topic of like, Do your, does your family know that I'm black? And she kind of dismisses it. Um, they get there, a lot of really uncomfortable comments about black people. Um, and Chris also notices that like all the groundskeepers and housekeepers and people working at the family's home are also black. Um, Chris is a smoker. Uh, one night he's walking around and uh, Rose's mom, who is a hypnotherapist, offers to hypnotize him to get him to stop smoking. Then all this uncomfortable stuff about his childhood comes up. Then he wakes up in bed and he's not sure if it really happened, but he doesn't want to smoke. Um, then a whole bunch of awkward, weird, old white people come to this family's house for a weird annual party seemingly and like touch Chris and talk about him. And it's like really uncomfortable. Um, and everyone's acting weird. And then there's one other black guy that's there. That's also acting extra weird. Um, Chris tries to take a photo of him. The flash goes off and the other guy, like, they say has a seizure, but that's not really when it seems like is happening. Meanwhile, all this time, Chris has been phone, phone calling, phone calling, I guess his best friend, uh, Ron, who works at the TSA. Um, Chris goes missing. Uh, it turns out that they are kidnapping people, specifically black people. Cause they're cool. Uh, and brainwashing them and switching brains and Rod from the TSA saves him and everybody else gets murdered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I got really nervous when you said 30 seconds. You, there's still like 15 seconds left. Anything else you want to add? 10? No, no, I don't think so. It's really good. <laughs> Everyone should see this. Okay, great, great. That's <laughs> <laughs> the plot. Fantastic. I got so anxious. That's your time. Yes. Excellent. Like, Jamie, Excellent. You, you had 30 seconds and you talked in 10 seconds. You still have more time. <laughs> That was, a, that was a crazy <laughs> one. That was amazing because, like, again, we spend like fifteen to twenty seconds on the first scene, um, and then we like rush through the middle. We talk about the end, and then we have time left. I love it. Oh, yes. so sorry. <laughs> no, that was great. This, no, it was this awesome. Is all great things. Yes, especially the phone calling. So we're gonna be forever <laughs> phone calling. Um, phone calling. <laughs> people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Amazing. So let's talk about everyone's individual relationships with this movie. Have you seen it before? Where did you go see it? Did you see it in theaters? James, or sorry, Brian, do you want to start? Sure. I did not see this in theaters. I saw this um, uh, at home for the first time. Uh, and this was only my second time watching it. Uh, I, uh, I love this movie. I think this is one of the greats. I, I like, I think like, I also think what's amazing about this movie is like, when you think of the great horror movies, like of our time, they all have sequels. 
They all have been, you know, uh, turned into uh, chains. these, these chains. chains. Yeah. You know, um, capitalism has got the best of the Halloweens and the, the Nightmare on Elm Streets and the Exorcists and the Poltergeists and all of those. It's very rare that we get an all-time great that stays a single film. Um and uh, this is it. I mean, even Psycho has sequels, um, you mm-hmm. know, all of that kind of stuff. Jaws, they all have sequels. This one does not. Um, I could see potentially this getting a sequel at some point. I could see this getting a prequel um, at some point, which That'd makes less be sense because mm-hmm. I don't want the movie to be focused around the uh, the Armitage family. However, um, yeah, that's my relationship with it. I think this is one of the all-time greats. This is an when's the last time you saw a horror movie win an academy award for screenplay like this is jordan peele was made to do this especially if you horror because especially mm-hmm. if you watch the key and peele show clips and like some of those i know they're comedies but like that urkel we think we talked about this the urkel yeah. the urkel skit like it's just so well edited from a horror perspective and he's just said he has such He's so clever about what he does. I mean, this is just an all-time great. It's a tight script. It's well acted. It's it, it. Everything about this movie is spectacular. And I love horror is at its best when it is using real life uh, themes and yes. and analogies. Whether it's Invasion of the Body Snatchers because of the Cold War, whether it is Arrival because I mean that's more sci-fi, but uh, it's a rival because of like communicating and communication with each other or this with just the concept of racism. And I mean, deeper than that, I would even say like, this is like, there are some niche racism in this in terms of like, you know, believing that like black bodies are superior in some ways. Um, and like mm-hmm. all of that, we'll talk about all of that, but to me, this is a, this is an all time great. And, um, I know I'm rambling, but this held up even better than the first time, probably because of all of the shitty world stuff that we're going through and like, yeah, the, and, and how things have basically gotten worse for minorities in some ways. Um, this movie holds up times 10. I actually think it's more effective now than it was back when it came out for, 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 for me. That's a, a great point that I want to piggyback off of. But I also just want to say when you mentioned awards, I just want to throw this out there because we covered this and it did not get nominated for any Emmys. And that is Midnight Mass. And I think that that is a travesty mm. because of how brilliant that show was. And the fact that there were no awards for it in any capacity for the Emmys is just quite like, – anyway, when you mentioned the Academy Awards, it was – How God. does Hamish Linkletter not get a nomination? Even just him. I don't right. know. It, it's, 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 it's wild. Beyond but, me. Uh, anyway. But that speaks to this movie and for it to break sure. out in a way that – it can get through the mess of award seasons and really shine through. It's just a testament to how great this, this was made. I absolutely saw this movie in theaters multiple times. Uh, I was living in New York or I just moved to New York when uh, this came out. And I just remember going to the uh, Magic Johnson Theater Whoa. in Harlem. You saw this at the Magic <laughs> Johnson? Oh, my God. What an experience yes. that must have been. 
It was a phenomenal experience. The way (laughs) that everyone was yelling at the screen when the police lights came up at the end because Mm. we all knew that they were not there to help him and he was screwed. Just the collective, like, energy in the room heightened everything about that movie. Sure. Um, It was also filmed in my hometown, guys, Mobile, Alabama. Wow. (laughs) Wait, it was filmed in Alabama? Wait, really? Yes, it was filmed in Mobile. Parts were filmed in Mobile, Alabama and Fairhope, Alabama. Oh, wow. Um, Oh, wow. Which is really crazy because Mobile is, side note, is becoming a, a place where movies are being filmed because it's hella cheap. But anyway, it was filmed there, which also just kind of <laughs> added to every my experience uh, with it. So, yeah, saw it multiple times in the theater, you know, all of the little get out challenges of like, you know, running and then turning the corner really fast. Like, <laughs> like the um, <laughs> yeah. Man, like, yeah. That was the thing. I was I was in it for uh, everything. And so, Brian, the point that you made about it being more important watching it in in this time, I've seen this movie so much that I didn't even think about the fact that it hits harder in the time period that we're in. I, just because I think I've oversaturated myself with the movie, and so sure. like I'm just living in how great I think that it is. And plus. All of the things that happen are things that have happened in the black experience since day one. So, you know, Mm. things are more in the forefront of media now. And so it is kind of like, oh, my God, yeah, this is even more important to watch now. But it also is something that has been happening since the dawn of time. So it's, you know, it's just it's a part of (laughs) it. it, Microaggressions are uh, a part of me because that is what Mm -hmm. I have experienced my whole life. So it's nothing new, you know. But yeah, it's a great movie. Ten out of ten for me as well. It's it's oh, top yeah. tier. Jordan Peele, like coming out the gate, and I also I watched this with Aaron again today, and we were talking about the alternate ending. Have y'all seen the alternate ending to this no, movie? No, I have not. I, I didn't know there was okay. One. Yes, I think I have, but I like can't remember. Doesn't okay? Doesn't isn't Rose in it? Uh, the last or did thing, I make yes, that up? I mean, yes, she it starts off when she got shot and he was going to come and you know strangle her, but in the actual movie, like he stops and the police you see the police lights, yeah. So it starts off there, but he actually does strangle her to death, and the police lights come out, but it's the actual police and he goes to jail and. Then it turns to him being in jail, talking to his friend Rod, the Laurel uh, character, on the phone, like through the plexiglass, and it has been six months, and Chris is saying, hey, Rod, it's been six months, like you're fighting a dead fight, I'm at peace, I know that I did my part to end this, like just let me stay here in jail. And then it ends. Hmm. And there's there's commentary with Jordan Peele, and he's talking over this scene and says that this was the first, this was his first ending. This is what he wanted. But, and he Mm. wrote this in, of course, the Obama era and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I guess when he tested it and other people were saying like, this is so on the line of of things, like you can't have it end this way. You need to change it (laughs) to where, like we need a hero in this. And for Jordan Peele, he thought that, you know, 
Chris kind of handling his trauma by saying, look, I, I saved other future people. So now I'm at peace and my trauma is at peace. Like Jordan was mm-hmm. thinking like that is enough, but it doesn't read that way. It reads like this man just was trying to save his own life. And because he is a black man who killed white people, he is in jail. Like nothing else. There's no underlining in that. That's what it is. And that's how people are going to receive it. And mm. so he said, you know, okay, we'll, we'll change it and, and make it be Rod come and get him, which I think is really great because I would have flipped tables <laughs> if that was the ending sure. that movie. I, I understand that ending. And I think it's symbolically really interesting. However, yes. I, I, there is like you said, even, and, and, and I want to, I want to get into, um, the difference between you watching this movie and me watching this movie, because it's, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. very, the experience is very different, but I feel like that and, and that last scene where you see the lights and then you're just like, Oh no, like mm-hmm. that is that moment is more affected effective to me than anything that you just yes described if that makes sense but i get the other ending and i kind of like the other and not better but i i like either ending i think they both are effective in different ways for sure yes but i think it's enough to say to have that feeling like i said in the theater when we're all seeing the police lights and Mm -hmm. thinking oh no i think that that's enough of the feeling (laughs) that we need Totally, and then you know, it's, have, have it's the similar button. to the the ready or not ending where you get both endings. Yeah. You get the like, oh shit, this isn't real. Oh, spoiler alerts for for ready or not. Ready or oh not. shit, this isn't real, <laughs> and you get oh shit, this is real. So you get both experiences through those characters. I feel like mm-hmm. through him in that moment, through Chris, you get both of those experiences. You get the oh no, I'm caught, and your brain g- takes you down the ending that's not there like you automatically it's like when you're having fake conversations with yourself like like because you can't think side your head no because of that like (laughs) that and then but then you get the the happy ending also like ready or not where you're like how are they gonna get away with this like she's just sitting there smoking a cigarette like and her whole family is dead like he's just like his dna and like his shit is he dropped his bag in the living room like but like Mm -hmm. we'll get into that well let's let's see what jamie thinks we just we just like keep going (laughs) Ahead, no, Jamie. you're 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 fine. You cover the lot of my thoughts, but um I I'm pretty sure I have such a terrible memory. Um I'm pretty sure I did see this in theaters for the first time. Um and I can't remember if I've seen it more than once to be totally honest. Um and if I did I, I like would have seen it probably pretty soon after I saw it for the first time. Cause I, mm-hmm. I like remember what happened in the movie, but like the, the effectiveness of the scenes, like, man, they still like hit you the same, you know, and talking about how it holds up, like it just, it just, <laughs> it just stirs up so many emotions and it's so palpable that like, it's, it's nuts that this movie came out in 2017 and mm-hmm. feels like it could have come out yesterday. Um, it's yeah. just so good. It's also this movie is so. I mean, I know we're slowly transitioning into likes and gripes. Yes. <laughs> and now our likes and gripes. But this movie is so well cast. Everybody in this movie is so good. I like. I have nothing bad to say about anybody 
and just how they're how they're playing it, especially like man, Allison Williams is like Ooh. disgusting and awful. And like the scenes of her in the end are like, I can't, I can't even, I can't handle her on the phone with Rod. It makes me so uncomfortable. Like the, the, the dissonance between her completely vacant expression and the emotion in her voice is like, it makes me ill. Like it actually makes me feel sick. Um, like shout out to, all of you actors who like can pull that off because I just, I don't know how you express emotion without fully expressing an emotion. And like just the way that she shows that, (laughs) that disconnect, it's so grossly unsettling and, and yeah, but like, man, is she, her, that character's fucked up. I mean, I'm definitely going to ask you a millions of questions about actually that specific scene too. But <laughs> since we're already transitioning, uh, let's start off with our likes and gripes. And Jamie, why don't you just continue on? Give us some more things that you liked or did not like about this movie. Yeah. I mean, I love this movie. Um, I, on like the rewatch is so interesting because like, you know, when you first see this movie, like I didn't know the twist. Like obviously I knew something, something (laughs) was awry. Um, yeah, but you don't, I didn't fully understand it until having seen this movie and you, and I know what the twist is. And it was just really interesting to like, again, you can never take back what you now know. So watching Chris's interactions with the quote black staff who are actually the family, they are the grandparents. Mm-hmm. And, and also, okay, actually I do have a gripe. There is <laughs> no way that Georgina, AKA grandma, um, does not know like how to communicate the conversation that they have about the yes. phone and like the phone plug. I was like, what? You don't know what the word snitch is. You like, the only <laughs> word you know is tattletale. I, I don't buy it. That's just like, I was just like, I don't understand you, you, maybe, maybe this is a generalization for older people, but I'm like, no, you should have a better understanding of language because you've been around longer and should know more words. Why don't you know what these words are? Like there's, there's something wrong here. Um, so that (laughs) those conversations like annoyed me. Cause like, obviously that's, what's cluing you into like something is wrong here. Why are these people talking like this? Like they're not communicating like human people talk, but I think more specifically, you know, the idea of code switching, like they're not even talking the way that like black people would talk to each other. And like, that's Mm -hmm. what's like the first kind of like what's going on. But I will also say that like, I don't think that human people talk this way. (laughs) And like that, that would, that like really set me off more than the first time when I was just like, what the hell is going on here? So, um, yeah, that one conversation I was like, there's just no way she doesn't know what those words mean. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree. But, um, but yeah, uh, I, yeah, I mean, oh God, everyone in this movie is just so good. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what else to say. I'm just like, look, um, I'm like word vomiting, but, um, the, the, like the unsettling scenes that really stand out are also like the nighttime running scene. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> doesn't, nobody needs to train at night 
like, why, why is that the time that you were doing this? Um, right. very strange. Um, I, uh, this movie also makes me never want to be trained in hypnotherapy. Um, I, mm. it like makes me more afraid of it. Um, and, uh, what else can I say? Um, yeah, it's just, it's so good at like making you uncomfortable in so many different ways. Uh, but I think the beginning of this movie, I had a much greater appreciation for having already seen it because you like see more of the symbolism and like the connection between the, the, um, car accident in the beginning with the deer Mm -hmm. and, you know, the connection to Chris and like why he's particularly disturbed by it. Um, and I just, I, I didn't even remember that from like my first watch. And so, it just had, it just held so much more meaning. And like, I just kept thinking, I also kept thinking about it more and more, Mm. um, while we were watching it. So yeah. Yeah, But, um, that through line of the deer too, because then you get to the dad having a whole kind of conversation of how they're a menace. There are too many of them and he just wants to wipe them all out and then cut to like the, the deer on the wall you know, and then that's what killed the dad was the deer. <laughs> yeah. So. That's super interesting because also the deer at the very beginning, symbolic of the mother um, and what she went through and what it reminds him of and the car being hit and all of that. Um, I think that it also, you know, deer usually represents or symbolic of like something that's serene, something that is innocent and pure. Um, Unless so, you watch The Ring. Just Unle- right, the ring too. Uh, the ring too. <laughs> uh, so you have, oh man, that scene. Um, and then so you have that, but then you also the deer also allows for you to have that interaction with the police officer at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have yes, the father talking about how he wants to eradicate them. Essentially, essentially, what he's doing is eradicating black people by making them white. So yeah. like that, you have that, and then and then. I, I like that duality of him stabbing him with the um, deer at the end because not only is it helping him through his trauma, but it's also like the black man holding the deer like is actually mm. taking out the person who made those comments previously. Um, that was I, I really enjoyed that aspect of things. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Why don't you yeah. continue on with your likes and gripes, Brian? Oh, yeah, sure. Gripe. My only gripe of this whole movie, and this is a horror movie gripe. You got you you can't you. The, the cup is still in the house. You don't take the things out of your ears. Oh yeah, the cotton balls. You don't take yeah. the cotton stuffing yeah. out of the, your ears. No, that mm-hmm. stays in until you break the cup. I mean, he broke the mm-hmm. cup and it was fine. But I'm just like, no, ma'am, come on. Um, get out. It could be, that cup could be in, like you said, it could be anywhere. <laughs> that cup could be anywhere. And, and, and it, it, it's also on the video. They could just replay the video if she saw the the footage of him in downstairs. Anyway, um, that's my, that's my true, only true gripe of this movie. Um, my favorite moment in this movie by far is when Allison Williams says to, um, Chris or Rose says to Chris, like, you know I can't give you the keys, right? And he drops mm. his bag and his one acting moment of like, 
damn, I got played. Like he, it was just like, you could like read it on his face. I think what Jamie said, his casting specifically because he, one, he's wonderful, but specifically because of his eyes and how wide and saucer like, and how like bulging his eyes are when his main character trait, aside from being black is that he's artistic and he has an eye for things definitely pulls through. Um, but I'll also say what I found interesting and I liked at this time is, in this movie, you really don't know anything about Chris at the from the first half of this movie, maybe, other than that he's black dating a white woman. That's it. Because then we learn more about him, about his mother, and we still don't really know a lot about who he is on a day-to-day basis. And we get more of that, like, tw- towards the end of this movie. And you actually get a lot of it. I would say you get the most personality from Chris. I don't mean this as a negative thing. In yeah. his voicemail um, message. Like, the like, hey, this is Chris. Like, if I'm not picking up, I'm busy. Or like, I just don't want to talk to you. Or whatever his voicemail right. is. Like, that's very interesting that he's like, he's this like very subtle, quiet, like person who like loves his dog. And like, there's a lot of you learn from him that he never actually says himself. And I think the script does an excellent job of introducing you to him over the course of this. Like, he's not violent. Like, he talks specifically mm-hmm. about how, like, he does not, like, he's not going to fight him or wrestle him or whatever it is. Do you like MMA? Right. It's not for me. Like, all of that stuff is fat. Like, I love how we get keep getting introduced to him. Um, uh, some other likes. I have a full list, but I won't go through all of it right now. <laughs> I think the most iconic line from this movie is I would have voted for Obama a third term if I could have. Oh I think that's, God. like, <laughs> the quintessential, like, that's like, oh, I have I have a black friend. Like, that's like a yep. quintessential one of those lines. Um, I don't see color. Yes. Oh, that's, yes. That's the one I hate the most. Um, <laughs> God. Oh, I want to – there's so many things I want. I have, I have so many questions to post to the group, but I'll wait till we get through our likes and gripes before mm-hmm. we get into um, our next segment. Um, uh, twenty. He's 26. They've been dating for five months. Um mm-hmm. I think that is the best cops don't believe you scene in any horror movie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think I think it's better than the um cop trying to spell fellatio in Black Christmas. Oh god. Um, yes. She puts oh she puts the pictures back up like kind of like her notches on her bedpost at the end. Mm-hmm. Um I like that I like that the white people kept getting second chances at the end like the brother and and her because that's just like real life where white people just get more chances than black people in 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 like what? in general I I I I like that the movie did that um the cops pulling up is the scariest and then how did I complain uh, that that the oh and also like the TSA tingles the TSA, oh, yes. like, yes, lying. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I just also, oh, an- another, another, my last one, my other gripe I have is when he goes upstairs and everybody goes silent downstairs. Oh, it's so uncomfortable. There's no way. That he wouldn't have have noticed that all of a sudden it got quiet when I went upstairs. I just needed some sort of reaction from him. I do. I believe that he would have been upstairs like, and just like ignored it. Sure. But I do think he would have been like, what? Oh, I'm just going to keep walking. That just was like, that was a bit, that's my face off rule. Have you ever, do you know, have I talked about it here? 
What? You have no. mentioned Face Off, and I still have not seen it. Right. But okay. Yes. But what's your rule? So Face Off is a movie that you buy into the premise. Face Off is nuts. Oh. They are switching faces, and you're like, oh, my gosh. I totally believe that John Travolta and Nicolas Cage are switching faces, but, like, they're not the same height. They're not the same build. They're not – like, it mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, but you buy in. And then there's a boat chase at the end, and you're like, this could never happen. Like, it's like <laughs> – like, how, how – What's the cognitive dissonance there that I'll believe that they switched faces, but like I can't buy as boat chase. Like I'll believe the high concept, but I won't believe these logistics of it, which is like crazy. Yes. Like, like the Martian is another one for me. Like I believe that he would get stranded on Mars, but I don't believe that he could like the end. If you know the ending, move his suit through space the way he does. Like I just, I'm just like, okay, sure. This, this, that's the only moment in this movie where I'm just like, there's no way he would have heard them. Like, I'm like, oh, they're switching brains? Sure. But, like, I'm like, but there's no <laughs> way he would have, like, not noticed that everyone stopped talking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just me. But this movie is a 10 out of 10. It's spectacular. It is very easily rewatchable. And the scariest parts of this movie are the, the, um, the social commentary more than the actual scares. And the scares still get me. Some of the jump scares in there are pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, interesting because I think after I watched it, of course, everyone has, you know, here are all the theory videos and Easter eggs and things that you miss that I love watching. And the duality of the movie of it being one thing when you watch it and then when you watch it again or like watch these videos uncovering things and you get a lot more. And going back to the uh, police scene at the very beginning and you think it's cool that Allison Williams is kind of sticking up for her black boyfriend and saying, Mm, you know, you don't need his license. Like why? But the reason why is because if he would have, if the police would have gotten his identification, then that would have been some form of kind of tracking him and mm-hmm. where I they were going. I didn't even think about that, Nikisha. Yeah, totally. I, didn't think of that either. I did not think of that either. I'm just going to point that out. Some, it was in a video. <laughs> so, but it's a great <laughs> moment. I'm sorry. You take, I'm you take the credit. You came up with oh, this. Oh, that's so yep. true. That's a, oh, I mean, that, I mean, that's a huge part of why she didn't do that. Oh, my yes. gosh. But that's the thing. Like, that's throughout yeah. the whole movie. Like, you think – it's one thing, and then you're like, oh, no, this was all because it was a plot for what all they were trying to do. And then yeah, there's all the duh. things of – Brian, you <laughs> dummy. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought oh. she was trying to keep proving to him that she's on his side because she's going to have to play that part a lot. And I, I think that was a part yeah. of it. But, like, right. yeah, the tracking stuff, it makes perfect sense. Nikisha. She doesn't want them to know what's happening. You're watching, I'm just you're watching the right YouTube videos, Nikisha. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I just get obsessed with like one thing and then for three days I'll just be watching everything about it. Yeah, um, welcome to my world. Thought, Brian, I thought you were going to say you're watching Disney Channel when you said that. For some reason, that was the first thing that came to mind. Should we do the little mouse thing now? The, the, yes. The, 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 yeah. Hey, I'm Selena Gomez from Wizards of Waverly Place and you're watching Disney Channel. But like to the tune of some <laughs> horror or something. Actually, speaking of this, one of the things I did love about this, the soundtrack is fantastic. Of course, the actors are fantastic. There's a great balance of comedy and horror. Um, what were you going to say, Brian? <laughs> oh, sorry. You brought it up. It's your fault. Yes. Um, sorry. 
we watch this with closed captionings because that's what we do. We're old people now, but we love it. <laughs> At the beginning, when uh, Stanfield gets uh, uh, taken at the yeah. very beginning, um, mm-hmm. it says like 1930s song playing, and it's like <laughs> it's like it's like it's like that it's like you know that run or whatever it is. And I would 100 mm-hmm. percent buy a two pack of. Uh, the Run and Hide song from uh, Ready or Not and that song uh, in in a yes. two-pack, right? And then the transition would, of that to the Run Rabbit um, kind of like contemporary song is spectacular. That whole opening, yes. this movie is perfect. Wow. This, this movie is. could... <laughs> Apparently, I saw on TikTok this week that this movie is pretty dis- divisive in p- when it comes to people thinking that it's overrated versus like a perfect movie, which I don't think mm. is. I don't. I, maybe I'm just living in the bubble where everyone thinks this is great, but like this is a perfect film. No, no. that's racist. That's my opinion. Right? Exactly. I mean, like, that's if probably where it comes movie, from. Then... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. People can't deal with th- certain things being presented to them. Yeah. So yes, uh, it's but totally. this is absolutely perfect in every way. Um, yes, I don't want to go through. I mean, I have like a million likes about this as well. Yeah, same more likes. <laughs> all the likes, all the things. Only good things. Um, but I okay. Let me just say this from just the black cultural perspective because yeah, sure. You know, you get into. Uh, the '90s horror, and you have the the trope of the black person being the first one to die, you know. Sure. And then you get into this movie, and I just love how everything that a black person does in this seems very kind of, for the most part, practical. But they still get caught in the things. Like at the beginning, Lakeith Stanfield when he is on the phone seemingly we're guessing with Rose and like going or walking to her house. But then he sees like a car going kind of swerving around him. And so he says, Nope, I'm going to turn the other way and I'm just going to go home. And it's like, yes, of course that's what, you know, we would all do. It's like, we're not going to go after the noise. We're just going to go home. That's (laughs) But he still Mm -hmm. gets caught. (laughs) Yeah. Cause also like, uh, Oh, I okay. No, keep going. I I I have two questions that I want. I keep saying this, but you keep going. Then I'll present the question. That just reminded me of it. So I want to I want to like put a pin in that for a second. Yeah, keep yes, going. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but I think that's the the whole thing all around. And then there was someone who also made the comment of uh, he put the cotton balls in his ears, and it's kind of like you know picking cotton is the thing that saved him. I think that's like so far out there, but I still love that concept. Oh, of like that's black interesting! Wow, picking cotton and the cotton is the thing that saves him. Yeah, but that's like going sure. on the far meta kind of aspect of of the world. But I, I think that jo- Jordan Peele absolutely knows what he's doing, who his target audience is, and the practicality of of these black characters, and even uh, Rod, he, he's making these assumptions and you know he's wrong but he's right you know they're not sex slaves but he people are getting yeah. kidnapped so like he's on the right track it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like he couldn't get the full thing together so i, I don't know i just love the the concept of they're making s- smart enough decisions but he's still getting wrangled up in all in in all of all of the things because of what actually is is happening but yeah brian ask what you want to ask oh okay so here's yeah. my question for the group. There's that amazing scene where Allison Williams basically 
uh, when when he's very uncomfortable at the auction that he doesn't know is an auction just yet, and he walks mm. away, and they're talking by the water, and basically he's like, "I need to get out. Like, I need to leave here. I'm very uncomfortable." Um, and she and she essentially agrees, but stalls to keep him there for a significant amount of time. Um, uh, my question to you all is, if you. Uh, if you went to a significant other's house and you had that experience where you felt very uncomfortable because of something that you cannot control, um, something that you are born with, whether it is sexuality or whether it is the color of your skin or whatever it is, you love this person. Like you love the Allison Williams of your life in that moment. You do. Uh, you don't know you're being played. Not and you you in this scenario you may not being played, but. You know, you get to that family, it's just like there's something off about it and you don't feel comfortable. Does that end the relationship for you? Hmm. I think that's hard because it is nuanced. Like you said, you don't know you're getting played, but you probably you could not be getting played and your significant other could. Let's assume that this is not a horror situation where like, she's not like, let's assume that there's no like gaslighting that like, you're actually in love. Like there are feelings there, but also, you know, that her family's like weirdly racist or like homophobic or, or whatever, you know, you know, you choose your own uh, guidelines and thresholds, but that, that's I guess that's what I'm asking because I was that's what all I yeah. thought during that like does that mean there if he left and like does that mean their relationship is over like I don't know uh, yeah and I guess it just depends on how you view your family's kind of um place in your life because if you're with a person and you can say hey, we don't have to be visiting my family all the time because I know that what they say hurts you. You know, that's a conversation that could be had. But if someone is very family-oriented and they want their family to be a part of their lives, and they, then I think it is grounds to say, okay, no, I'm out because I don't want to be surround. I don't want to be uncomfortable around someone who could be potentially linked to me as my, you know, in-laws or whatever. So I guess it's just, I would say I would have the conversation with my significant other of how much involvement, you know, we would have with their family. And if they choose their family, which they absolutely can that's you know on them that's their family then i would say okay i'm out (laughs) sure jamie jamie yeah i think i agree just like you know it's it there's like context to how like what role does this person's family play in their life and if you know maybe it's like a non-existent one then that doesn't necessarily like impact the relationship but if they're very close with their family and, and like, this is the behavior that they're allowing to continue, I would like very much question what's going on with that person to enable this behavior. If they're not like mm. challenging it and like, she is challenging it, but like, I, I don't know. It, I mean, even in her presentation where like, obviously we know that she's gaslighting him, sure. it still can feel kind of like two-faced in a way because she's like saying some things, but like, I don't know. I feel like she could take it farther if she like genuinely cared and like didn't want her partner to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Especially with the when he tries to present her with things of saying, okay, this made me feel uncomfortable or whatever. And then she'll like, she'll gaslight him. She'll make a joke about it or say, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. And he'll just be, he'll say, okay, just forget it. You know, we don't have to talk about it, but yeah. Yeah. She like minimized so many of his concerns with jokes, Mm -hmm. um, to just like avoid his line of questioning. And it was, unfortunately very effective because he like mm-hmm. would shut down in those conversations. Yeah. yeah. So my second question for the group is when you're watching a movie like this, you think, I think to myself, like, why are we telling this story? She's had many men who she's brought to that house and women. Um, and everything went according to the, um, Armitage's plans. Why are we telling this story? And, and I, to me, the reason we're telling this story is because of um, uh, what's his name in the movie? I forget his character's name. Stanfield's uh, name. Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, Logan. No, no, Lakeith Stanfield's like name. I forget the character's name in the movie. Uh, it's Logan. 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 Okay. So mm-hmm. the reason that this is different is because they recognize Logan, and he mm-hmm. he, he texts Rod that that's the difference here. Because if he didn't recognize Logan, then Rod wouldn't be turned on to it. Um, he wouldn't be questioning it as much. He just thought it would have, was pure racism as appo- opposed to like something else's wacky going on here. And so to me, that's mm-hmm. the reason this is different. And that's the, that creates the chain of events that allows for him to like escape, essentially get out. Um, um, so that leads to Rod. Rod learns of this. He goes to the police and all of that. Jamie and I talked about this during the movie. Would you have gone after look for your friend? I I would, especially if I had the previous conversations that they had of things that were going on and Chris explaining how he kind of felt uncomfortable, especially when, uh, he talks about the grandmother and grandfather and saying like Jamie was saying how they talked and, and even uh, Lakeith Stanfield's character and and how he quote unquote missed the movement. (laughs) All the black people here have missed the movement because they're, you know, it's not even like Jamie said, it's not even code switching. It's just something that's completely out of box to where you do have to question, like humans are not speaking in this way. What is actually happening here? Uh, So if, if I did not hear from them and I kept calling and it kept going to voicemail, then I would absolutely try to see what's going on. Call somebody who was close in the area or try to figure out where, yes, I would absolutely. Mostly, again, just based on the fact that they had those those um, conversations before. And it is, it is, unfortunately, it is an uncomfortable situation. If you are a black person in the midst of a lot of white people and even Georgina makes a a comment or no, when Chris makes a comment of sometimes I just feel, get uncomfortable when I'm around a lot of white people. And that's what triggers uh, Georgina's actual person kind of trying to come through and then the whole crying. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that you have to keep in the back of your mind and, and, and think about like that is an uncomfortable situation. You don't know what could happen. And so with that alone, there's already kind of like a red flag of let me stay on the alert of this, you know? Sure. But Jamie, um, 
Would I go after my friend? Great question. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big baby and I am not very strong or resourceful. So I don't really know what I myself could do to save my friend. Um, which feels like a shitty thing to say, but I am also a realist. So Mm -hmm. I just don't know how effective I would be. If I were to go, I would tell many people. I probably wouldn't go by myself. I would try to bring, you know, I'd probably make Brian drive me there. Yes. And, um, I would share my location often with others. Share location. Send, send addresses, please. (laughs) And, yeah, I, I, if, yeah, I, I would probably go if this was the case. I feel like this was very much like, uh, in some ways, uh, where we watch Fresh, where like oh, everybody yes. went looking for her, um, mm-hmm. in some ways. Also, like, what do you do with Rod? Like, what do they do with Rod? Because like Rod's really the only um, loose end. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the family does with Rod because he's still with- anyway. Um, mm. That being said. Uh, um, we're already like an hour into this because getting out <laughs> is incredible. Yeah. Um, so I will hold my other questions and stuff uh, for later. Cause we gotta, we gotta talk about the, the other stuff. We gotta the talk brains. about the mm, brains. <sighs> Which mm. is absolutely fitting because so many brains just out and about. Airing, airing themselves out. Literally. In, in this house. You see the brains. You see the brains. Also, it was funny because you know how logical Aaron is. And so he was trying to like figure out exactly how this could actually be possible sure. to do. <laughs> it's like, what's part of you? You can't take also, all of like, your brain where, out. Where yes. do you need this part of your brain? You just take it out and you just right. shove it into this other part of the brain. And I don't understand the science behind this. The brain stuff is scary. But the concept of not being in control of everything, but kind of just being watching your life go by, that sunken place visual is that claustrophobic, like sunken place helplessness feeling is um, terrifying. Um, and uh, what is also terrifying is that you're usually alone in Nikisha and there's a dog walking around behind you. <laughs> and it made me very scared for a minute. Like this, this creature comes out of the darkness behind you. If you're listening to this on uh, the podcast, this is not a helpful visual because there's no visuals. Um, but yeah, that just really scared me. Um, but uh, yeah, that like sunken place thing. And, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, uh, go, go. Sorry. I just love this movie. I can't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> can't stop, won't stop. So there's so many things that we can discuss, but of course I'm going to ask Jamie something that is way outside of her actual practice. And love that it. Is, Let's do it. <laughs> like I always do. And that is hypnotherapy. And I don't, I think the last time we discussed this was with that, um, Hypnotic? Yes. Hypn- thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, man. Remember that? Yeah, that I do. I was thinking wild. about it while we were watching this and was like, this is so much better. Well, yes. <laughs> please tell me, uh, you know, about how this was better oh, than, than this. Better, but than- also bad. It was, yes. <laughs> I mean, this movie is so much better, but the, the, everything was bad. Just like, like. All of these, all of these psychiatrists are so bad and yes. using 
good, helpful tools for bad things. Anyway, what is hypnotherapy? Um, it is, it's using hypnosis in therapy to sometimes relax a client or put them into a hypnotic state so that they can explore, um, you know, painful or repressed memories that sometimes aren't always top of mind. We talk a lot about trauma in the brain here and it can do really weird things to, um, to our brains, to our memories specifically. Um, so sometimes we might forget some details and other things from particularly painful and traumatic memories that are experiences that we've been through. And so, um, you know, using hypnosis as a tool to help guide a client through revisiting some of those experiences in like a safer environment. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think they even, explain that it's, um, a state of heightened suggestibility, mm-hmm. which I think in a, in, in a horror movie where therapists and psychiatrists are the bad guys, that is scary and unsettling, yeah. like in a, you know, hopefully not unethical, bad therapists <laughs> office. It's, uh, like an idea of like being more open to visiting those things that like are under the surface, not always accessible in our conscious mind Mm -hmm. in order to, um, you know, like seek out change, whether it's like, again, like, you know, using smoking as an example, like if there's any unhelpful or unwanted behaviors or things that are, that are, you know, bothering you? How do you, how do you tap into like some of those unconscious or subconscious experiences to, to support and guide somebody in, um, in navigating that, but also can work for, um, uh, other, uh, addictions, um, sleep disorders, anxiety, depression, Mm post-traumatic stress disorder, um, grief. So different kinds of, um, different kinds of issues that can potentially be helped with hypnotherapy when done by a not malicious psychiatrist. Right. <laughs> so do you think, you know, I, of course, in that scene where Chris is, is being hypnotized by the mom, he makes a joke of, oh, you're going to wave a clock, you know, in my in my face. And that's what we kind of have seen in media of what, happens when you're being hypnotized, you know, in magic shows or whatever the case. So uh, what, does she have to use something? Like, does something have to be used like a watch or she uses a cup in order to hypnotize someone? I know this is like out of the box random question, but. Well, I think uh, this is my understanding and I could totally be wrong. So I'm open to being told that I'm wrong. Um, I think it's, there's some kind of cue in her case. It's not just a cup, but it's a sound cue. Uh, Mm. In other situations, I think a metronome can be used as a similar sound cue. In hypnotic, it was a light cue. So I think there needs to be some kind of um, something like that, like a sound or a visual cue in Mm. order to, uh, in order to like induce this um, altered state. Okay. Now that, that makes sense. And then with like the hypnotic and he was, he would say like trigger words and that would bring about certain things. So yeah, sounds or, or light stuff. And speaking of 
lights. So when someone is in the sunken place, and as we see through Lakeith Stanfield's character, when he has a flash in his eyes, he kind of comes out of that space. So with the flashing lights, like, is that like epilepsy, like things with flashing or what is it with flashing lights that causes kind of, or that can cause kind of brain issues? I mean, in that particular situation, I think that Chris is right. And that, that wasn't that Lakeith Stanfield's character didn't actually have a seizure. I think they were just saying that because I think I don't, I don't really know what exactly happened, but like that there's something about that light that broke the, the state that broke like him in the sunken place, like you Mm. said. And so it's like his, like, then there's these two, uh, identities that are like actively fighting for consciousness. And like, I'm sure that that's kind of like what, was happening, but, um, but yeah, so that's like my only understanding of what happened. No, absolutely. But okay. Speaking of like consciousness fighting, cause then that just makes me think about, um, like split personality disorders and, and things of that nature. Is that not, is that different from like consciousness, dual consciousness fighting against each other? Cause if you have someone who has like multiple personality, disorder is that like different consciousness like fighting to come through or is that something completely different I think I I mean I would say that that's different because that's more of like a um like a a trauma like a yeah like a trauma response a response to like an extremely traumatic event and like an extreme form of dissociation like disassociative identity disorder where like Mm. there's another um uh, like alter that is coming out as a, as a way to like dissociate the the primary entity from like facing whatever that trauma is. So okay. I feel like it's a little bit different, but, um, but I mean this, what this makes me think of more is like kind of body snatchers or like mm. mad scientisty kind of vibes. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. being, it, it makes me think of being a kid watching cartoons where like brains are being swapped out kind of like a la yeah. Frankenstein. Um, like that, those are like the vibes that I'm getting from this. So it's like, you know, when you're, when you're met, I mean, I don't think the science tracks, but, it, but like right, Ryan was saying before, right. when you like suspend any disbelief, like the idea that like when you're mixing and matching pieces of brains and then putting them in someone else's body, like, how is all of that, there's going to be some kind of conflict there. And like, how yeah. do you, how does one, you know, like consciousness is, uh, win out over another one? And, and like, how do you, how do you keep somebody in the sunken place? How do you mm. keep that, uh, you know, that like, sug- how do you induce that suggestibility when somebody doesn't want you to? Right. And, um, yeah, like ha- maintain consciousness enough to take back control. Yeah. Speaking of dissociative uh, disorder, let's talk about Rose. And you mentioned this earlier. And in the scene where she is talking to Rod and 
emoting with her voice, but her face is just deadpan. So, like, with our knowledge of socio versus psycho versus <laughs> yeah, a, bil- a billy episode, or a stew, <laughs> a billy or a stew, like what or or dissociative, which uh, you've also mentioned a lot too for some people. Um, where do you think she might fall the most? So, I think that Rose. Here's here's my hot take. Rose yeah. is a Billy and her brother Jeremy is a stew. A stew. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That tracks. Because mm-hmm. he's like just like messy stew. and like just following. De- oh God. Why do you <laughs> got to bring beef stew into this? Um, her, yeah. Her brother is like messy and like clearly mm. doesn't have his shit together and is like trying to show off and. And, you know, are we to assume, like, he's like his dad's apprentice at the end. Are we to assume that he is going to take over over. this family business? Or, I mean, Rose is like, has way more control, like an infinite, a a wild amount of control. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I mean, if anything, I feel like she should be the one to take over this horrible family business. Um, (laughs) I mean, the family business shouldn't exist. The order of the coagula. Um, yes. But, uh, yeah. She has herself more together to be able to. Yeah. Okay. So we're saying that I mean, she's, she's already the- searching for her next Person. victim, oh, which I didn't realize this. But did you know that uh, the, <laughs> the NCAA prospect picture that they show is apparently mm. Keegan-Michael Key? No way. I need to like go back. I was looking at the Wikipedia and I was like, he's in this movie. And I think I need like a, I need to go back. I need a, I need Uh, a paused screenshot at the computer and I need some zooming in to see what is going on here. If it looks like him, that would be absolutely hilarious (laughs) if that is him. Because wild. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. I have one more question and it's when Chris is trying to escape and then um, the mom finds him and he knocks over the cup and then she takes like the knife and stabs, stabs his hand. No response, no nothing from Chris. My question is, can like, is it because of all of his trauma or his adrenaline of trying to leave that he has like no pain reaction to that, like, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Because it just seemed so wild that there was no pain response. But he could just be like, I'm trying to get out of here, so whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely think that you are right. Um, I imagine that, like, there's just so much, you know, it, like, fight or flight. Like, he just needs to survive. And our... our bodies in that moment are trying to, they'll do whatever they can so that we survive the threat. Um, Mm. even though he was like injured in that moment, it still wasn't enough to, um, you know, like get in the way of him doing what he needed to do. It was him or her and he, you know, adrenaline won out for him. Yep. Truly. Cause every time I think of that and it's like, that is painful. Like it has gone through your hand and you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, nope, I, I got to, I'm still fighting this off. So I guess, yeah, it is like you said, just kind of your fight and flight and your body is saying, okay, no, we got to keep, keep it moving. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this question is for the both of you. Random human behavior question. Who, me? Yes. Uh, five months of dating and he meets the parents. Is that too soon? How do you feel about that? When John meets each other's parents? I don't think that's too soon, depending on the relationship. Okay. <laughs> Jamie is looking like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, because I can't, I don't, I was trying to actually think, like, I don't remember. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it depends on, on the context of the relationship. I know I default to that all the time, but like, I really, truly, I just, it's so hard to like say that all situations apply to everyone, but, um, yes. yeah, I mean, I know I met, I met most of Brian's like besties in like the second month of us dating for his I, birthday. I mean, yes. Yeah. Group events. Okay. But, I was like, yeah. maybe that's too soon. I don't know. <laughs> no, to meet friends. I think that that's not too soon. I don't know. Just yeah. five oh, wait, months. You, and- he met my best friend on the second date. So I guess. Yes. That's- I remember not the story. Not yes. in a group scenario. Just <laughs> <No. laughs> Jamie, our best friend, and Brian getting grilled. Yep. Good times. <laughs> giving pizza, having having a good time. Yes. Uh, and my second question is: Would you let somebody hypnotize you in any capacity? Yes or no? <laughs> I mean, oh gosh, we've seen so many movies where there's just like hypnosis is uh, is is not doing good things for these people. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm not totally closed off to it. I'm, I'm curious about like the efficacy for, you know, the anxiety that I do have. Um, so I'm not ruling it out yet. I, I would maybe consider trying it. Okay. Even if it was just a fun, like you were in a magic show or something. That I would not do. That I am strongly, strongly opposed to. I will not be made a fool in front of other people by barking like a dog. I mean, I already, I guess, bark like a dog with my own dog. But like, you know, I I don't want, I don't want that. That, that's too much for me. Yes. Yeah. Not for For me. Brian, would you get hypnotized? Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh. (laughs) <laughs> I've like seen it happen at magic shows and stuff like that. I don't, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think I would be opposed to it. If I got called on stage, I'd like go along with it or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't, I, I would have to do more research from like, a, can it help me, you know, quit biting my nails or something like that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me to like pay money to use it as some sort of a like problem solve, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so that kind okay, of okay. Well, listeners, we need to get uh, a hypnosis <laughs> thing happening. So if you know people, <laughs> send them our way, <laughs> we'll all try it out. Brian, did you have any questions in the um brains section? Um, no, I think I'm good. I think you covered a lot of what I was thinking. I do want to ask you something in terms of um, this movie. Yes. I mentioned it at the beginning before we get into our, our, our final segments. Um, when I watched this movie, I, I mentioned that you and I will probably watch this movie significantly differently. When mm-hmm. I watch this movie, I obviously am empathizing with the main character, Chris. I'm understanding what he's going through. 
from a from a like narrative perspective, uh, as somebody who is obviously, I mean, not obviously, I'll say it like someone who is not racist. Um, you know, mm-hmm. watching these white people, understanding that like this is a part of the group that I would be associated with in the context of this movie, just based on my skin color. You know, I'm I'm definitely watching this, and you know, there's a part of me. We talked about it during Candyman, where there's like the reboot, where there's a part of you, or the the what do they call it in the new screen movie, um, uh, a requel. Um, oh yes. Uh, there's a part of me that obviously watches this with a lot of white guilt and like being angry that mm. this is the situation that he's in. There's a part of me watching this that like truly doesn't understand. I am not triggered. Uh, maybe I am not triggered in the same ways that like that that somebody else watching this movie might be, especially when he's at the auction being asked these these questions. Um, and like he's only being seen for the the color of his skin and like the build of his mm-hmm. body. So like my viewing experience of this because I because I don't have those same um, ex- life experiences, lived in experiences as um, as somebody else. Like I guess like from someone who watched it that way, who understands the pieces, the trigger moments, like seeing the cop lights, all of this, but doesn't have the same visceral reactions because in the moment, I like if a cop pulled me over, I, I still know I'm white. Like it's like, but like, that's just yeah. like, yeah. that's my life. That's how I, you know, and I, but I recognize what other people go through when you watch this, like, can you, if you can at all, can you explain a little bit of how you react, empathize, understand certain situations in that, that like, I, I just can't fathom myself. Yeah. That's, it's a very nuanced question, but a great question because like I said, watching it with other black people and and having the reactions, you know, that we did. And as someone who does date outside of her race and has experienced, um, guys who don't even want to tell their parents that we're dating because if they if you just say my name you give it away of what skin color (laughs) I am yeah um Mm. you know it's you watch it and you just say oh yeah that's normal as opposed to when you get into the scene where the people are asking all of those questions and people might feel shocked of, of how blatant those questions are because you look at it and you, and you say, oh my gosh, why would they even ask about that? In, in any circumstances, you know, we're mm-hmm. in a horror movie watching this, but in any circumstance, if someone just kind of asks you, like, how does, it, how, how does it feel being black or what is your experience as a minority or, you know, is black better? Like black is in style or what I hate when people try to, um, relate to you by bringing up things in, in your specific culture. Like when the guy was talking about golfing and he could have talked about any other pro golfer, but he brings up Tiger Woods because he is a black Mm -hmm. man. Like Mm -hmm. those, you 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 see those things and somebody might be like oh my god like that's so blatant and, and it shows their racism like that's crazy that they would just flat out say that but watching it for me it's just like oh yeah that's that's a normal tuesday you know someone mm. tries to relate to me in in a way that makes it seem like they are are you know aware of my culture when it's like, no, just be yourself. Like you don't have to come to me and try to relate to me with a black experience. You know, it's like, 
it won't be the same because we're all different. So like, just come as you are. Um, that's a side note. So box that I won't stay on. Uh, but as far as just watching it, like, yeah, it's nothing about it is shocking. And like I said before, the, I'm not watching it saying, Oh my God, why would he make those decisions? Mm -hmm. It's like, no, these seem very practical how you would react if you were in a relationship, if you love someone, if you, they want you to meet their family, like, and it's the, and the, the thing that I love, love, loved was the day after he, they got there and she was brushing her teeth and she's like, Oh, and my dad was talking about my man, this, and how is that? You know, why are they saying that? And my mom was being so rude to Georgina and he's just sitting there at the computer like, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he's like, this is what I told you and warned you about, but you didn't listen to me. But, you know, that is kind of our lived experiences of we say these things and no one either takes it seriously or, or listens. And so we just kind of sit back and we're like, yeah. So when the thing happens, you're like, uh, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> this, this was yeah. going to happen. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I was just, I was just vocally reacting to yes. what you were saying. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a different experience because it's a lived experience. And so things aren't as shocking. You just are watching it and it's just great that he got it right. Like it's, it's act, it's all accurate things. So you're watching and you're saying, yep, that's exactly how that goes down. Yep. That's exactly what I would do in that situation. Like this mm -hmm. is not new to me. I'm happy that I'm seeing this kind of, of lens in, on screen because that is what our lived experience is. So here's a question for both of you. What, why, why is that? Why is everyone black and everyone white except for the one Japanese man? That seems, someone made, that seems deliberate. Yes. And someone made a video about that. As yeah. Well. You watched a video call. on it. That's why I asked the questions. <laughs> <laughs> and and someone just kind of explained to explained it in a way of because the, the the question is what's important as an Asian person who is also a minority in America or in American culture in America they're saying how was your experience as a black minority do you think that it's a good experience or a not good experience because he's comparing minorities who would what would be better to mm. be if you had to be a minority which one would you want to be which one would be more fruitful and so i think that he was just trying the the point of the asian man being there was trying to see like what what how can he move about in the world if he can't be a white man like, would his lived experience be better? Oh, if he interesting. Was? Is my take and what yeah. the, the, the 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 video was saying? But yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting because also I saw it as like he's a Japanese businessman, and um, he it, it 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 also didn't matter that they were all white; it mattered they were all not black. And he has the money, and it's not necessarily for them, even though it is for them. It's not about like that they're all white looking at the, these black bodies. It's about like mm. they're all wealthy non-black people, majority of being white, 
trying, you know, to find these black bodies. Um, you know, I, I would it be fascinating? It, it, I think it would have undercut what the movie was trying to say, but it would have been mm-hmm. fascinating if there was a like a very wealthy black man, like almost trying to implant himself into a younger black body. You know, like mm-hmm. I, again, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that's a great idea because that would have probably undercut the situation, and for sure. and and it would have added a different like line of thought, for, especially for him trying to con- as he's trying to connect to all the black people in that sequence. Um, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, that was fascinating. Um, cool. Yeah. Those, those are my questions. Thank you. Fantastic. Should we rotten tomatoes, the things? Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Rotten tomatoes. We are trying to figure out, well, you're guessing what the Rotten Tomato score, Rotten Tomatoes score, I can't speak, of this movie. Um, Nikisha, let's pass it off to you. I'm going to guess 96. Jamie? I was going to say 98. It's a 98. <laughs> oh! Good job. Yeah! All right. Funny, scary, and thought-provoking, Get Out seamlessly weaves its trenchant... Trenchant? Is that the word? T-R-E-N-C-H-A-N-T? Trenchant? I've never heard that word before. What does that mean? Me either. Vigorous or incisive in expression or style. Oh, I don't know that word. I'm going to read the sentence again. Cutting, pointed, piercing, penetrating, sharp, keen are all synonyms. All right. Funny, mm-hmm. scary, and thought-provoking, Get Out seamlessly weaves its trenchant social critiques into a brilliantly effective and entertaining horror comedy thrill ride. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I wonder how many of these – these, I'm not going to do it now because like this would just take too much time. But I wonder mm-hmm. how many of these uh, critics are, uh, are, are minorities or black versus white. There are 399 critics. Um, It seems as though they put the black critics' pictures at the top of these lists so that you, like, scroll down and you Mm -hmm. see them first. Um, But I'd have to do a little bit. I'm making an assumption based on just one scroll, so I'd have to look. However, because we talked about that with Candyman, maybe. We talked about that with some other movies that we thought were um, low-rated, but it may have... It may not have been diverse like critics actually like seeing the movie. Anyway, that's that's a probably yes. <laughs> a probably a conversation to have during this episode, but we're we're closing it out now. Um, <laughs> should we do should we do should we do the four S's? Yes. Yeses. Scare shakes and suggestions. The talking horns four S's. All right. The four S's are skulls, scares, shakes, and suggestions. We are going to go around. Uh, let's do it the way we did it on. Uh, let's do it the way we did it on. Um, Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things, where we all crossover. Yeah, where we all do like our own at the same time. Uh, save suggestions for the end. Don't do suggestions just yet. Um, but uh, Jamie, skulls one through ten, uh, scares one through ten, shakes one through ten. Uh, what's your skulls, your mental health, human behavior rating for this movie? Um, I'm going to give this an 8.5. Uh, I just, yeah, it's ha- actually, 
scratch that. I'm going to give it a nine. I'm just going to give it a nine. Um, I just, this movie is just so accurate. I feel like when it comes to like, you know, how, how we repress trauma, um, how we like just social interactions or weird ones, I guess, too. Um, (laughs) just the social commentary of it all. Um, yeah, I, it's excellent. I love this, all of this, um, scares. I'm going to give this like, uh, I'm going to give it a five because I don't think that there's any jump scares, but I, but this movie is like very tense and, um, and unsettling, like the unsettling nature builds and builds. And like mm. when, when he, when he goes into the sunken place both times, like the, I just get so anxious and like really caught up in that. Um, so that is that shakes. I mean, I don't, I don't know, a 10, like I, I haven't mm. forgot about this movie. I'm never going to forget about this movie. Um, I'm looking forward to like more movies that, that meet at this level, like other things now will forever be compared to get out. Like yeah. it sure. just, it, the, the inception of this just now it's like everything else gets put up against it and evaluated against it. Like you can never forget this movie and the impact that it's had on, on the horror genre as a whole. Like it immediately shot Jordan Peele, up to like top tier horror director. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no getting around it. Do, and that's that. Do we think that Jordan Peele is the most, I don't know what the like important horror director today? Um, do like, like how, like the, not necessarily the best because that's, that's subjective obviously, but like right. important, like uh, he's probably one of them, right? I mean, yeah, he's yeah. important because he's putting out in like important social commentary work. So yeah, and producing other work that yes. has similar messages. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. it's it's not only what he himself is creating, but like the the other projects that he is like putting his name on as a way to like continue social commentary. I think I think that speaks to like he is an incredibly influential horror director presence. Yeah. I would also, I would also argue that, um, his movies are events, um, and they Mm -hmm. get people into the movie theater, whether like, 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 in like, like people are excited. Nope is on a top 10 most anticipated lists of not just horror, like people. It's on just like top 10 most anticipated of the year, including like, Marvel movies and Avatar and DC, like, like that's very impressive, um, especially from will, the horror genre. Say, yeah, to add to that, like him being a black man, like the black people will come out and support, especially even mm. especially the ones who do not watch horror movies at all, but uh-huh. because it's him, they will put their butts in the seats to support him. Sure, sure, so, totally, cool. Yeah. Um, Awesome. Uh, uh, Nikisha, why don't you go? What, what are your three? Your skulls? There's going to be tens across the board. I just can't say enough things about 
good, good things about this movie. And even though it isn't necessarily scary, I didn't watch it. I, there was, weren't any jump scares. I'm still going to give it a 10 just because of how unsettling it was and the nature of the movie and watching it as a black person. Uh, so, yeah, everything is going to be a 10 for me. Easy peasy. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go 10 on Skulls. Uh, I'm hmm, on Scares. I'm probably going to go a 6 or a 7 maybe. Uh just because, like, it's scary in a different way. I don't know. I'm probably going to go seven. Yeah. Like, I'm in between the two of you. Yeah. Uh, and then this is a ten for me for, for Shakes, no question. Um, without a doubt. Uh, fantastic. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of have any other. Is this our first tens across the board? Meaning, like, like Shakes. No, hereditary was ten. So this joins as tens mm-hmm. across the board. Hereditary, yeah, Hereditary and Get Out are the only two movies that the three of us has rated tens across the board. Like for for shakes specifically, for shakes, we've yeah. all had other ten movies. Like for mm-hmm. instance, Psycho is a ten for me. And a nine and an eight for you two. Um, uh, I uh, Midnight Mass was a ten for me, and a nine and a seven for you two. Um, mm. I'm trying to. Uh, maybe I'm the only person who has a yeah, yeah. I mean, ten. His house was a ten for me, a seven and eight. For, oh, I'm very <laughs> liberal with my. I give tens away for free. Um, that's very. I just fascinating. Anyway, uh, let's go to suggestions. What are your suggestions for this movie? And if we can help it, maybe not say us or nope. For sure. Uh, uh, For me, because I only have one, and I'm sure Jamie has more than me, uh, is if you want to see Allison Williams again, watch The Perfection. Mm. I think that's another great movie of hers. So that's all I have. Cool. Uh, Jamie. Um, I only have one just because I feel like this is a really perfect one. Um, Skeleton Key. Oh. And that's all I'm going to say. If you haven't seen it and you like to get out, you should definitely watch Skeleton Key. We should do Skeleton Key. That's a really good one for this podcast. I think it's spooky. I halfway watched it, and I feel like I know what the twist is, but I would definitely mm. love to revisit that for sure. I I saw it in the movie theater. I I definitely have the tickets up for that one. Um, nice. You don't have to. You don't have to show. Okay, us. thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm going. I'm going. I talked about it a lot during this episode. Uh, I'm going with Ready or Not. Nice. Not I mean, Monster Squad. Diff- <laughs> not Monster Squad. <laughs> we'll do not. We'll do, mm. we should do Monster Squad for Halloween. I'm gonna do it. Let's, we're gonna do a Halloween yeah. Monster Squad episode. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah so read or not the familial aspect there's a lot of similarities in 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 it in in here there obviously not the the racism and it's this the social commentary in that way but there is other kind of um uh there's there's other types of social commentary in that but i'll go with that um cool Fantastic. Well, I think that concludes our episode of Get Out. We basically uncovered everything in this wonderful film with a capital F. (laughs) (laughs) 
And wow, I just lost my brain for two seconds. So you can. <laughs> Keisha, be careful. Ooh. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Somebody help. <laughs> You can follow us on all of the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TalkHorrorPod, P-O-D. And Brian, where can they listen to us? Yeah, of course. You can find us wherever you get podcasts. Those places are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, wherever you go and put your podcast in your ears, that is where you can find us. So uh, uh, subscribe to us there. Rate and review us. Five stars, please. And thank and you. Thank you. I think you should play that Run Rabbit song as our. Oh, that 1930s Run, Run Rabbit, Rabbit song? Yes. 1930s Diddy. 1930s song. Thanks, okay. guys. Thank you. Bang, 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 bang goes the farmer's gun. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, 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 run. run.